Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Just before the Christmas holiday, getting ready for some bowl games, enjoying some day games during the season. We got things rolling. Scotty was at the Cotton Bowl of Frisco last night, and our picks are winning some money. This is Mark, and I'm here in the College Football Podcasting Studio, and Scotty, bless the Lord, gets to be home. Scotty, how the hell are you? Man, I'm great. I'm home for good. Christmas will kick in tomorrow. It'll be uh, it'll be home. I'm ready to roll. Bowl season is upon us. I know that everybody is just bashing on the uh, on the bowl season, and nobody's watching. I've watched every game at some point, and I, I just love it. I love that there's a game on every night. Like Chase, first thing this morning, six thirty. My eight year old, Daddy, who's playing tonight? I mean, it's just what you do. I mean, it's 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 what you do. Uh, that was the, last night was a great time. Uh, Ohio went out and put a thumping on them. Uh, as, as we discussed, had a, had a friend who knows a member of the coaching staff and, uh, got a chance to get out to practice. It was great, uh, watching them. They actually schemed, uh, SDSU into a couple of things that they just hammered home in practice and they worked to a tee. It led to a couple of touchdowns. It was interesting to uh, watch the game plan work out because knowing enough about the game and having played enough to know it doesn't always go how you draw it up, and I would say that last night went exactly how they drew it up. Uh, that was it was a really fun game. S- San Diego State. I, I, I don't. It didn't look like they wanted to be there at all. I think a lot of it had to do with the weather: cold, windy, rainy. I mean, it was it last night was a pretty nasty environment for Frisco. At, you know, right around Christmas. I mean, today it's great, it's windy, but not a cloud in the sky, and uh, it, it's just a tough. Is a is a tough environment for them, and they smooth quit about three four minutes left in that third quarter. They were done. Now their offense didn't look like they quit. They just couldn't get much going, but they didn't have a whole lot of interest in being there. Just like we always talk about bowl games. You've got to gauge that. You really do got to look into it. I you know the favorites have been blowing and going so far. I think the favorites are covering seven and oh, seven and one. Um, if you took the Eastern Michigan pick, hopefully you bet it at the right time um, and you pulled that one out because that game landed at two and almost everybody made money uh, because that line was moving around so much. But, yeah, bowl season has been great. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to do is watch random teams play each other, see who's excited about it, get into it. You've got recruiting season wrapped up yesterday, uh, which I always think is a weird dynamic. Now they've got the early signing period and you've got teams that are trying to get ready for the bowls and the playoffs and everything else. But we'll get into that later. Uh, but we've got a full board today, Scott. So we've got about 10, 12, 13 games that we need to plow into. Are you ready to keep this thing rolling? I am ready to keep this thing rolling. I am, I am fired up. We're on, we're on roll here. We're on roll here to start, Mark. Five and two. You cannot be upset about some, you cannot be upset about some five and two that you've got there. Um, so we're going to get started right there. Let's go to Saturday, three o'clock game. You got Houston and Army over under 60. Army laying five. This game was at three just a couple of weeks ago. Houston averaging 46 points a game, giving up 34, eight and four straight up, six and six against the number. Army scoring 29 points a game, giving up 18. 10 and 2 straight up 6 4 and gets the number. Let me go ahead and give you my handicap on this one because I think it's right. Here's where we're going to go Houston, Ed Oliver's out, the starting cornerback's out, Eric King, Derek King's out, uh, the quarterback for Houston. They struggled after he went down at the end of the season to put up some of these 
crazy points that they've been doing this. Army on the flip side, first time in school history that they're going for 11 wins. First time in school history for 11 wins. They get a chance to do it this week. They're running that triple option. I think they are going to ground Houston into oblivion. Um, Houston's defense isn't very good to begin with. It's ranked over, I think, 99th in uh, rushing defense, as well as it's ranked like 128th passing defense. This is not a solid unit, and you're missing probably the two best players on the unit. But here's one other angle I want to give you. Army is dead-ass serious when it comes to Texas. They got 23 kids on their roster from the state of Texas. This bowl game's taking place in Fort Worth. They are going to come down and play their asses off in this spot because they they know this is a honey hole to get them new players on that roster. I'm telling you, brother, Army is going to pound Houston. I don't think Houston wants to be here. Yeah, I, I don't think they want to be here either, but the main thing is – you are talking about some key injuries and then a guy not playing because of a, uh, because he's going pro. Uh, I, you got, it just feels like a lot of things going against them. Army's going to be ready. My concern, we should have taken this last week. And I, my, my only concern on this is the, the lack of practice time Army's going to have had. Uh, I think they're, I think, that uh, I heard their head coach in an interview say they were getting three practices in because of finals before uh, uh, before they get down here for actually bowl prep. So uh, that that's a big deal, um, you know. So I, I don't look. This isn't this isn't Alabama where honestly those guys may not even have to show up for finals. I mean, I, I, this is Army. Those guys are going to have truly been studying. Uh, they're going to have really been putting in the work, which means they're not going to have done that on the game plan. Flip side of that is these guys are on the same system. It doesn't matter who they're playing. They're going to be able to chalk right into it. This boils down more to me about Houston. I'm with you. I don't know how fired up they're going to be to be here. And that tends me to lead towards Army. Plus, I'll be candid. I'm pulling for those guys to win 11 games. I think that's a tremendous story if they can do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've already got Troy, which is the next game. They're down in South Florida. Troy takes care of business when it comes to bowl games. I know Buffalo's at kind of that same. The max has been awful in bowls historically. We played Troy in the first podcast. Just a little reminder, Troy plus one and a half. I think they're a live dog to take the money. Scotty, the next game I want to slip over to is I want to go to the Georgia Tech-Minnesota game that we've got from there. Over-under is 57 and a half. Lines at minus five and a half. Minnesota's giving up 28 points a game, scoring 28. Uh, they're giving, And then you've got Georgia Tech on the flip side of that. 35 points a game is what they're scoring. 28 is what they're giving up. Uh, both of these teams run around in about a six and six, seven and five type spot that are in there. Minnesota's minus five in the turnover battle, whereas Georgia Tech's plus eight. Minnesota's already got five kids suspended for this game. Some of them haven't even been announced yet. Uh, but Fleck came out a couple of weeks ago with that announcement. I think with this being Paul Johnson's last game, I think you're going to get laser focus from these kids at Jot Tech. And again, you're matching up against a triple option offense. And I think Paul Johnson goes out with a big W in this spot. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Look, this this is uh, to me, this is one of my favorite games of, of the of the season because a couple of things. I think I think because the game has changed so much, people don't understand how good football coach Paul Johnson really is. The guy's a good football coach, and I like who they're bringing in. I've said this numerous times. Jeff Collins was my favorite defense coordinator at Mississippi State. I liked him. I thought he did a good job. But I, I just liked his his energy, all of that. So I think he's going to do a good job. It's going to take him some time because he's obviously going to change. But Paul Johnson's a good coach. He just what he did wasn't sexy. People forget he's who turned that Navy program around. And Monken at Army was one of his one of his assistants. And, and, and people are forgetting what kind of job he really did. And so I the guy's a really good football coach. He did a great job when he was at Georgia Southern. I, I just, I'm a big fan of Johnson's. I, I think, and at bowl time, I just think teams don't want to play this guy. No, I mean, no. I, that, that man, it's just what they do is nasty, and it's just man, it's a grind. And some of these teams don't want to be here, but statistically, I don't think it matters. If Minnesota wants to be here, they give up 5.2 yards of carry. Yes, they do. That's about to be eight yards of carry <laughs> when they line up in this ball game. I think Tech is going to boat race them. I, I don't think this game's 
close. Yeah, I think it's going to be I, I problematic. Goat City. That's my honest opinion. <laughs> Moving on, Scotty. Let's get to one of your favorite teams in the Cheez-It Bowl being played in Phoenix, Arizona. TCU and Cal. Cal's a small favorite. One point here. Over-unders 39 in this game. TCU scoring 24 points a game, giving up 24. They're 6-6 six and six straight up. They're an awful 3-8-1 against the number. Flip it around to Cal. 22 points a game, giving up 21. They're 7-5 straight up. 6-5-1 and one against the number. Sean Robinson, the quarterback that it was at TCU that ended up getting hurt and then beat out, has already announced he's transferring. He's gone. Um, Cal's coming to this spot. I, I'm i not going to guess, but I, I'm put it out there. I'm Who are you going with in this one? You know I've been riding my bears all year. I look, Cal, I make some money on Cal this year. So uh, even when I picked not picked them in the games I've gone against them, it's gone just like I think this is a good football team. They just can't turn the football over. What they can't do is throw interceptions. They got they got a young quarterback. They can't make they can't make poor decisions. I think they're a good defensive football team. I, I, at the end of the day, this is going to be a defensive struggle. I like the over in this game too because I, I mean that's just so few points in a bowl game after teams have gotten so long to play each other. Uh, I mean to get ready for one another. But I think Cal is going to keep this game. Uh, I, th- I think they win this game and cover, but I, I think a little over might be a number two. I, I don't think this is going to be a 17-14 game. No, I w- we'll see. I'm going to ride Cal with you. You've been with them all season long. You've picked your spots and gotten it done. Moving on to the next couple of games, I don't have any feel for the Duke-Temple game, but I would lean to Duke because I like David Cutcliffe. I um, think he's a great coach, and he's going to have these kids prepared. Line that I cannot wrap my head around is how is Miami favored by three points to beat Wisconsin? Um, they're playing this game in New York in, in Yankee Stadium. Miami hates playing in the cold. I know. I, I don't get this line at all, which is the only reason I'm not all over it because I'm like, well, I guess. <laughs> I guess there's something I just don't know because – I'll be honest. And then you got defense coordinator change with Diaz being gone. And those, I think those players loved him. Uh, I, I, everything tells me whiskey's going to go pound them. But, hey, that's just me. Obviously, yeah, I was looking at it. Moving on, we're going to come down here to the Houston Bowl. Vanderbilt and my Baylor Bears will be playing. I'm going to the game. I don't have a play here. The one time I rode Baylor this season, they let me down, so we won't come back to that. But I want to go to Auburn and Purdue in the Music City Bowl out in Nash, Vegas. This is a great game. I've actually been to this bowl game. Purdue's getting three and a half over under. Here's 55. Auburn scoring 28 points a game, giving up 19, five and seven straight up, four and eight against the number. Purdue scoring 32 points a game, giving up 27. They're six and six straight up, six, five and one against the number. Um, I don't think Auburn's going to be very excited to be in this. I don't think Auburn's been excited to be in a bowl game in five years. Um, Jarrett Stidham's already announced he's going pro. Uh, I think Purdue's going to create some – Purdue's got more momentum than Purdue's ever had after the debacle of the Louisville head coaching position that they put Brom in such a weird spot and he ends up staying – uh, the kid, he's got some really talent. You know, Rondell Moore's great. I think he's probably the AP freshman of the year. I think Purdue's going to give Auburn some fits, and I don't see Auburn being that excited to be there. And I won't be surprised if Stidham decides not to play. It hadn't been announced yet, um, and you would think that would have already come out, but I don't know. I, I like Purdue in this spot. Purdue's been in a lot of big ball games. They didn't get housed a few times, but I like Purdue. Here's a live dog. I just like I like the spread. I, I won't go live dog because I don't know what Auburn team's going to show up. I think defensively they've got the players to get after Purdue. I mean to get after them. Now offensively they have been a complete mystery, and that Purdue defense is decent. Um, and so I don't know. I you know I just don't know what you're going to what you're going to get from Auburn. I'm with you. They it's like they don't. It's like, they just time of year it's like they don't get off the bus. Yeah. I mean. Uh, it's like they don't care about being there. They certainly didn't care last year. Even after UCF talked smack, I thought, well, they're for sure going to come out and play, man. They didn't care. I mean, it's like, man. And I, I think a lot of that is, is Gus Bus. Man, there's a lot of confusion. You got coaches getting fired, coordinator change. I mean, I, I just don't know what you're going to get. So you give me the three and a half against the team, I think legitimately has got a chance to win this game straight up, I'll take it. So I'll take Purdue plus three and a half. I'm going to play spread. I'm not taking the money line. But I, 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 I certainly can't fault anybody that does. 
Moving on, let's go to the Camping World Bowl down in Orlando, Florida. I love these bowl names, by the way. Syracuse and West Virginia. Over 100 here, 67. West Virginia is favored by one and a half. Syracuse scoring 40 points a game, giving up 27. They're 9-3 and three straight up, 8-4 and four against the number. West Virginia scoring 42 points a game, giving up 26. They're 8-3 and three straight up, 7-3-1 against the number. Will Greer is not playing for West Virginia. Um, he's already announced, so he's ready to get out and get pro or get ready to get for the NFL. I think, and I've heard, I don't know if this is accurate, but I've heard they're actually going to start maybe the freshman um, getting some game reps because he's got to fight for the starting job next year, and you don't have to worry about burning a red shirt on the kid. I think West Virginia is really going to struggle without Will Greer because they're a different team without him on the field. Syracuse has got a chance to win 10 games. Uh, Dino Babers has done a good job. Dungy, the quarterback at Syracuse, that kid's got more heart than you can shake a stick at. Um, I just think West Virginia is not going to be that excited to play. I mean, this was a team with three weeks left in the season, was looking at a chance to win the Big 12 or get a chance to play for the Big 12, um, and they just shit the bed. I mean, they lost weeks back-to-back, which caused them to get not have a chance to play for the Big 12 championship. I don't think they're going to be that excited to be in this spot. I think Syracuse, as bad as they have been, I mean, you've got some seniors on this Syracuse team that played for some awful, awful teams, that they're going to come into this game with their hair on fire. I like Syracuse. They've given an A effort in almost every game they've played this year, and they're plus 14 in the turnover margin. I like the Q's. Give me the orange man down in Orlando, Florida. Yeah, I like the Q's on this as well. I think it's all about Will Greer not playing. But, you know, look, I think West Virginia is going to give up points. This is an offense from Syracuse that can score points. And then you're going to – I think where you're going to have the downshift, where this comes in different is I don't think without Greer they're going to be able to keep up on the offensive side of the uh, offensive side of the ball. The big thing to me, this is the other thing about a young, inexperienced quarterback, West Virginia is a team that's won the turnover battle in a pretty big way all year. And, and, and you start a freshman quarterback and, or an inexperienced quarterback at that – and that's going to change. So I think a lot of signs point to Syracuse. Uh, and as long as they get off the bus and are ready to play, I think we got a good pick here. Yeah, I agree with that. Moving on, let's go to the Bolero Alamo Bowl. Mike Leach coming back to Texas. A little fun trivia for you. The last time Mike Leach was supposed to coach in this game was with Texas Tech, and the Adam James debacle came down, and they canned him uh, when Texas Tech was playing Michigan State in that spot. So coming back down to Texas, it'll be interesting to see how this is going to go. Uh, Iowa State coming in here is a three-and-a-half-point dog. The over-under is at 55. Uh, Iowa State's averaging 26 points a game, giving up 22. They're 8-4 and four straight up. Mike Leach, 38 points a game, giving up 23. 10-2 straight up, 10-2 and two against the number. This team was a darling for a long period of time this season. Got it matched up in that Washington game, and I think the snow played a factor in it. But they got outplayed physically in that spot. I was kind of surprised. I think this Iowa State team is going to give him troubles. I think the 3-3-5 has proven to be a sustainable defense in the Big 12, the way Matt Campbell plays it. And I think it's going to give Leach's kids some problems in this spot. I like I like Iowa State getting points here. Plus, well, Leach, is, he's been terrible in bowls. Yeah, you're right about that. Iowa State's given up 228 yards a game passing in the Big 12. Yeah. <laughs> That's like giving up. You just went full day and all. You went full passing in the SEC. I mean, that is getting after folks. You went full Dan Hawkins there. In the I Big mean, 12. It's, it's, I know. It's exactly. Well, it is. It's crazy. I mean, I, that's a, that, to me, that's an impressive stat. And um, so I think that's what it really boils down to. I think this is going to be a close football game. I just like the points. I think Iowa State is a live dog here. Uh, but, again, I'm getting more than a field goal, and I just feel like Iowa State can win this ball game straight up. I do think they're going to be able to dial some things up and get after get after Minshew a little bit. And I think David Montgomery is playing, the running back for Iowa State. And I'll say it now, that kid is going to be the first running back drafted. He is really good. Probably nobody paid attention to him because he's at Iowa State, but the kid's he's a three-down back. He's tough as nails. Um, I think he's going to give them some give them some trouble. They're going to be able to play some ball control in this spot. Taking taking him going against the fight in Mike Leach's in the Alamo Bowl that we've got there. Scotty, moving on. Florida and Michigan matching up in this spot here. This is a huge number. Over under is fifty and a half. 
Michigan's laying seven points. Florida's scoring 34 points a game, giving up 20. They're nine and three straight up, eight and four against the number. Michigan's scoring 36 points a game, giving up 17, 10 and two straight up. They're six and six against the number. You got to take Florida here. Yeah, I, this looks like a big number to me. I mean, I, look, Michigan is vulnerable in the pass, and, and but Florida's had trouble throwing the football down the field. I think with bowl prep, they're going to have some time to do that, uh, to, to really work on being able to throw the ball. But, I, you know, Michigan, I just wonder, I mean, look, Florida's got the athletes to play with them. And I don't think on the offensive side they're going to – I think they're going to look a lot more pedestrian um, than they've looked for, for a stretch through the Big 12. But I can't get past – and look, I know it's different quarterbacks, different years. How bad Michigan looked against an average USC team last year in bowl season. They had no excuse losing that ball game. None. And this is a better team, and it's a better coaching staff that they're going up against. And you got three stars for Michigan out. Yeah. That's a big defensive side of the football. That's a big big deal. Yeah, huge deal. You got Devin Bush, you got uh, Gary. I mean, they got people bailing on the left and right. I, I just don't know what Michigan football team is going to look like without those guys because those corners are suspect. If they can't get after the quarterback, boy, they're really going to look suspect. So I, I like I like Florida here in the points. Uh, I, again, I think they're a live dog, and you're going to get some value. That seven, that touchdown usually gets you double your money. That's something to take a look at. That's the bottom line. Yeah, I like Florida here. A couple of things. Number one, Michigan, I mean, they thought they had a shot to – getting the natty, getting the tournament. Um, they got smoked by Ohio State, and that's how they ended their season. The second thing is you've got the defensive players leaving that you're talking about. I think they're going to struggle to get a good pass rush on this thing. If you watch Florida this season, this team improved as the season moved on. Um, Frank's got better. Mullen's done a good job. And just a heads up, the offense that just smoked the hell out of this Michigan defense yeah, who was the offensive coordinator underneath Urban Meyer for all those years at Florida? A guy named Dan Mullen. You know where he is now? He's the head coach at Florida. I'm pretty sure he's going to put a game plan together against these guys. And I, you got to think Florida's more excited to be in the Peach Bowl than Michigan is. Because nobody thought Florida was going to be any good this year. This gives them a chance to win 10 games. I think Florida's going to come out with all they got in this spot. And I look for Michigan just to kind of go through the motions. I think it'll start, but I, I, it's going to be a physical game, too. I like Florida in this spot a lot. Yeah, I, I, I like the Gators for sure. But again, you know, that it's going to it's going to surprise. Big Ten SEC games are always fun to watch um, because I, look, they're I, to, in my mind, eighty five man rosters. Those are the two best leagues in the country, and 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 they're both big enough and physical enough that they can get after each other. Uh, it, it's fun to watch, and uh, that I just this looks like a big number to me against the team, because I don't think Michigan's all that. That's my honest opinion. No, I don't either. I think they're fool's gold. Moving on, let's go to the semifinals. Oklahoma-Alabama will be matching up in the Orange Bowl down in Miami. Over-under here is 80. Alabama's laying 14. Oklahoma's scoring 49 points a game, giving up 32. They're 12-1 straight up, 5-7-1 against the number. Bama's scoring 47 points a game, giving up 14. Uh, 13-0 straight up, and 8-5 against the number. That's a lot of points, man. 80 points and an over-under of 14, and a total at 14. I got to lean with Oklahoma in this spot. Yeah, I, look, I'm definitely leaning on uh, Oklahoma in this spot for a couple of reasons. I mean, look, Oklahoma held its own last year. We heard the same thing about that defense. They weren't going to be able to hold up. Oh, they can't do this, blah, 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 blah. And yet they figure out how to do it. And I, we've talked about this before. It's amazing how when the Big 12 teams get somebody that's not a Big 12 team, they don't look as inept on defense. And I think it's because everybody else doesn't run that high flying. And I think some of the time on defense, they're just like, hey, we're gonna, our team's going to score. It ain't that big a deal. You know, it, it's like they don't give that full effort sometimes. <laughs> and I, But there's two things that I – there's two things that I, I, I believe. A, a lot is Oklahoma last year and the way they were able to play with Georgia. That was a really good football team. They had every opportunity to win that game. I will tell you, I think they should have won that game. I, I think Lincoln Riley, being young and inexperienced, showed up. I think he tried to take a little bit of air out of the football, and he should have just kept flaming. Man, you're going to be a riverboat gambler. you got to keep gambling. <laughs> and, and 
kind of dialed it in. I mean, hell, in one of the overtimes, Mayfield never threw a pass. Oh, it was awful. <laughs> I mean, so I, I'm sorry you got the Heisman guy. You got to put it in his hands. I don't think you make that mistake this fall. I think he's probably been – he probably chewed on that for a good 120 days every night. I mean, just every night it was driving nuts. So I don't think that's going to happen again. I, I, but the bottom line is I think that the A&M game ended up 45-23. But A&M gave this Bama team a lot of fits. They move the football around, but and this is the most balanced offense that they played other than Georgia. And so here comes a team. It's not like Oklahoma's just to fling it. I mean, they can run the football too. This is a balanced offense. And so I like I like that they're coming in, and I think they're going to be able to keep up. I think they're going to be able to score on Bama because they're multiple. I think there's going to be some chances for Murray to run. That has always given these Bama and Nick Saban defenses trouble because they play a lot of man. Right. They'll come up after the quarterback and play man behind it, and if he can get past the line of scrimmage, he may run for 30 yards. So I've seen it personally with Mississippi State. I've seen it with Clemson, with Deshaun Watson, and I just think Murray's a good athlete, and I think he, I think if they're going to do it, he's got to run the football. But – I don't want to forget it. I don't think it's all Alabama the reason I like this plus 14. I think Bama may take some of the air out of football. I don't think they want to score eight. I don't think they want this being a 45-42 game. I think Saban, regardless of if Tua's healthy or not, we may see some Jalen Hurts. And and you may see a little more pound these guys and try to and try to take some air out of the football and keep it a, uh, a, a little lower scoring game. So, I think that plays into it. I like I like Oklahoma in the 14 because I just think this is a good enough offensive football team to hang in there and stay within 14. I'm not convinced they can't win this game. So I, you're telling me a team I think might could win the game is getting 14? Yeah, I'll take that. I mean, I know Bama's great, but we don't know what we're going to get from two. We don't. We don't even know if he's going to play. Yeah, I'm going to grab my nutsack and take the under probably in this spot because I think Saban is going to grind it out. Um, and here's where I think the coaching is going to cause – here's where I think coaching is really going to come into play. You go back and you watch the Georgia game, and in the first half of that game, Georgia was prepared for Bama's offense. Um, and they played – and they were given two offense. And obviously he gets hurt. They shifted Jalen – they shifted, yeah, he was hurt. Yeah, I know that. But they shifted Jalen Hurts – in the second half, and Georgia didn't adjust, and they had no answer for that offense at that point. And I think I think Saban right here is going to give Oklahoma problems because I don't think they know who they're preparing for. Because I don't think I think they're gonna I think they're gonna slow it down a little bit, and you're gonna see a lot more running the football against this Oklahoma defense. That's the reason I like the under, but that's also the reason I agree with you. I think Oklahoma could stay within the number because I don't think Saban wants to get in a shootout with these guys. Uh, I agree because that, that would that scare me. Eighty to death. will surprise me the most. Let me say that. Do what now? Eighty points total would surprise me the most. Yeah, I could see a thirty-five twenty-eight game, just like you saw in the Georgia Florida. I mean, the Georgia Bama game, and it'd be a great game. Uh, but yeah. I don't. I don't think this will be a shootout. That's exactly. I agree one hundred percent. Now let's flip over to the next game: Notre Dame Clemson that we've got in this spot. This is the game I'm actually really excited about. These guys are going to be out there in the, in the Cotton Bowl right there in Dallas, Texas at Jerry World. Notre Dame uh, over-under is 55. Clemson's laying 13. Notre Dame scoring 33 points a game, giving up 17. They're 12-0 straight up, 6-5-1 against the number. Clemson, 45 points a game, 13 points is what they're giving up. They're 13-0 straight up, 7-6 against the number. Where I like this spot is I think you're going to get a shootout in this game. I think Clemson... Their defensive line is all going to the NFL probably in the first two rounds. Um, Sunshine Ronnie Bass, once that kid got the nod to be the starter, he has gotten better every single week. I doubted that kid, but he's been electric. But on the other side of this coin, Ian Book took over this team, and Notre Dame got better and better and better each week. And if you've been listening to us all season, I ripped them and said it would be like getting a bye in this spot. I've gone back and watched some of them. I still think Clemson wins this game going away, but I think they're going to score a shitload of points. I I, I don't expect this defense, uh, Notre Dame defense, to be able to slow down Clemson, but I do think Notre Dame's going to put some points on the board, and 55 is a total I think you can get over in this spot. 
Yeah, I agree. But look, I think Clemson's really good. I think that's – and, and their defense is vulnerable in the past. I think Clemson's going to get a lead. I think they're going to have to spread them out, throw the football a little bit. Uh, and I think, you know, I, I don't think they're going to score as much as they did on, on South Carolina. But I think you're going to see kind of a South Carolina-type game. They're going to be able to move the football enough in Notre Dame to score points. And I think Clemson's going to be Clemson. I think they're a really good football team. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So going with the over in that spot, we're going to shift all the way down to the Holiday Bowl, play down there in that dilapidated stadium that the Chargers used to play in. Um, you've got this spot, Northwestern and Utah coming in. Man, what a game. North, over-under is 46. Utah's laying seven. Northwestern scored 23 points a game, giving up 23. They're 8-5 and five straight up, 6-6 six and six against the number. Utah, on the other hand, scored 28 points a game, giving up 18. They're 9-4 and four straight up, 7-6 and six against the number. I have no idea how Utah is favored by seven in this game. Their quarterback's out. Their running back's out. Those, I mean, in the last game they played, they played a defense in Washington. It's pretty physical, and they couldn't score. They got it was three to ten was what the final was in that one. Um, I think they're really going to struggle against a Northwestern team that you know you're going to get an effort out of. I think it's going to be a really physical game, and I'm taking Northwestern plus the seven. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I like Northwestern plus seven here a lot too. I I just think this is a, a good spot for them. I, I just candidly, I'm just not a big fan of the Pac-12. I, 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 look, I know they were better before they got banged up, but in, in but this is not a good league. And I think West is a pretty good football team. Like, I am so tired of hearing people talk about all the conference champions. If we go to eight teams, we need an automatic buy. No, we don't. We need the best eight teams. We always need the best teams. This is not everybody gets a trophy. And we, the Pac-12 has no business anywhere around a playoff this year. <laughs> no. Now, normally, they're a great league, and they have great teams. This year's not it. Those teams are awful. I mean, anybody that watched that Pac-12 championship thinks one of those guys is the best eight teams in America, then I'm sorry, you're crazy. And if they're taking a slot from the UCF, UCF's a hell of a lot, but I certainly like them to get a shot better than the Nice Clams. And, and so I, I just I, I think I just at the end of the day think the Big, Big Ten's a better league. I think Northwestern getting these points is a big deal. They're a live dog to me. Oh, yeah. I think they can win this game. You know these kids are going to come out and play hard. Weather's going to be great. I, I like I like Northwestern a good bit here. Moving on, Texas A&M and the Jimbo Fishers laying seven against NC State. This is the Tax Slayer Bowl played in Jacksonville, Florida. NC, uh, NC State scoring 35 points a game, giving up 22, quietly going nine and three, six and six against the number. A&M scoring 35 points a game, giving up 26, eight and four against the number, eight and four straight up. Last time we saw the Aggies play was in that crazy game against LSU. Terrible officiating game, by the way. Um, I think A&M is going to house NC State. I, this team's got a ton of momentum. Um, and winning that LSU game is going to help it. I think Jimbo's got this thing on the right track. And he is not going to come in here not prepared for this spot. This is a big-time spot for A&M in his first year to come in here. I like what they're going to do. I think they're going and, – and the other thing, too, is NC State's best defensive player there, Mike Linebacker, he's already declared for the NFL, and he's not playing. Um, I think they're going to cause lots of problems for NC State's defense. I like Texas A&M to crush ass in this spot. Hey, I think A&M's going to crush these guys, too. I just think they're a better football team balance. Uh, playing good football, their defense is playing better. I think it's going to continue to play better. Uh, the Aggies are a physical football team, uh, and that's what they've lacked over the last four or five years. If you're a fan base, you're 8-4 and four, like you've basically been for a decade. I mean, minus that Johnny football year, they've, won, they've been an 8 and 4, 7 and 5 football team for a decade. Yeah. And, and, and people don't understand why people are fired up about where they are. I mean, I can see it because this, this, this is a team that's heading in the right direction. I think they signed eight of the 10 top players in Texas yesterday. He's got the recruiting machine in works, Aggie's got a lot of momentum, they got great facilities. They got tons of money, and he is he is getting this thing on track. And more importantly, if I'm an Aggie fan, I like how physical they are and how he got more out of highly recruited players than I think Kevin Sumlin was doing. And I've talked about the defensive guys. Finally, those highly recruited guys that they brought in finally looked like players. I mean, 
Bama Mack has been invisible for three years, and he finally looked like a player this year. He finally looked like – I mean, imagine what that kid's career may have been like if he had Elko and, and, and those guys for four years. So I, I, I really like A&M here. I think this is – even though it's the same record, I think his program's going in the right direction. Uh, I, six and a half is a uh, – I just think they're going to win this game comfortably, even though I'm not down on the uh, NC State program. Love their quarterback. Yeah, I do too. Uh, Think he's a really think he's a really good player. Uh, so this is going to be an interesting game to me, but I do think a and covers it by by the touchdown. I'll give you a little nugget on the Aggies this year. The Aggies the only team in the country to have played three conference champions. They played Alabama, they played Clemson, and don't forget they played UAB a couple weeks ago. Um, That's right. Yeah, I mean, this is, they're good. I'm telling you, they're better than someone put on the field, except for Johnny Football that one year. Um, I like Jimbo a lot. I had to buy into it a little bit with the Aggies. Um, so, anyway, moving on, Scotty. Iowa-Mississippi State. Mississippi State's laying seven in this spot. Over under 43. Iowa scoring 31 points a game, giving up 17. They're eight and four straight up, seven and four against the number. Mississippi State scoring 29 points a game, giving up 12, eight and four straight up, eight and four against the number. I think this is going to be a fight in a phone booth, frankly. I, Mississippi State's offense has not been overly impressive. It's gotten better. Um, I think their team's speed is better than what Iowa's got, but Kirk Ferentz seems to always put a pretty good prepared team on the field. I think there's going to be a lot of physicality in this game. I think it's going to be great to watch. I don't have a play in this game. You look at statistically at this ball game; these teams are very, very similar. I mean, they're giving up the exact same, basically, yards per game, basically the same thing, yards per carry. I mean, they're basically total offense, very, very similar. Just the difference is they're throwing for a little more than they run for. State's running for a little more than they throw for. Uh, both these teams are even in the positive eight column in turnovers. This does just look like it's going to be a close football game, and in close football games, seven points is a big deal. Yeah. Prince is a good football coach. He does a really, really good job. Uh, you know, State has looked. This is This is the kicker for me. States look pedestrian when they played really, really good football teams, and they look great when they played average or bad football teams. And I, I, I guess we're going to find out what Iowa, what Iowa really is. If they're an average football team, they're going to get drilled. And if they're not, and they're a better, an upper echelon team, this is going to be a really, really close football game. And I was, Iowa can win the football game. I've got to tell you, I'm stunned. State doesn't have some kids not sitting out. I mean, if I'm Jeffrey Simmons, I love you. Great kid. Glad he got a second chance. He's a great player. For a long time, I've said the kid was that he's done everything you're supposed to do when you get a second chance. Why that kid's playing, I don't know. I know he's a leader. Well, I do know. He's a leader, and he's not going to quit on this football team, which is exactly what makes him a great player. But there ain't any chance of advising that kid, including being his coach, that I wouldn't tell him to sit out. I'd probably tell Sweat the exact same thing, and I'd probably tell Abram and Elton Jenkins the exact same thing. All four of those guys are going to be really high draft choices, stun those guys aren't sitting out. Do think State's going to have a significant speed advantage. Colin Hill being healthy for the first time since really about week three is going to be a uh, going to be a big difference for State. But I think this is a close football game. And I, and the bottom line is, I think Friends a better football coach, uh, and I think they have a little bit of a little bit of edge when it comes to the coaching end. Yeah, I would agree with that. The one thing I do think is interesting is Moorhead's coached against Friends, you know, previously at Penn State. Uh, and so that is an interesting angle to me. But I would take the points. If I'm going to play this game, this sounds like a big poontang play. I would actually tease it. and I, I would tease this, and I would get me some plus 14, and I would play the under, and I'd correlate this game at a 50 um, is where I would go. Bowls have been close. Have been some close games between the SEC and the Big and the Big Ten. If you go back and look, and I, and, and that's the reason I think this touchdown is a big number. Yeah, I agree. Moving on to another game that I don't think is going to be close is let's go to the VRBO Citrus Bowl. That's a lot of rented houses when you can sponsor a bowl. Penn State laying six and a half over under 47, 26 points a game for Kentucky. 16 is what they're giving up. Nine and three straight up. Five and seven against the number. Penn State scoring 34 points a game. Giving up 20 points, uh, 9-3 straight up, 7-5 against the number. Disappointing season for Penn State, um, if you are Penn State, but they still got to nine wins. Flip side of this, Kentucky on the other side of the coin, great season for them, 9-3. I mean, a 10-win season at Kentucky would be huge. Here's the problem. I have no inkling 
how Kentucky is going to run the, move the ball against Penn State. Unless Penn State comes in this game just dead as a doornail, I don't think that I, I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball. I just think Kentucky's just so one-dimensional. They just can't throw the ball. And look, I love Benny Snell, and I like their offensive line. They got a couple guys that are nasty on that inside that'll get after you. And 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 so I I don't like their center is is a good player. He gets after it. I I gotta tell you, I I think they can run the football, but they're so one-dimensional. And it, this isn't an offense. They need to throw the football some. I just don't know how they're going to do it. It's not that Penn State's a tremendous defense or anything that I think is going to overwhelm them. It's just I think Kentucky's so bad at throwing the football that I think they're going to have a lot of problems scoring points. And all they've got to do, if they can protect the quarterback, but you got a mobile athletic quarterback and he should be able to make some things happen, then for Penn State, you know, it's all of can they block that pass rush for Kentucky. And if they can, they're going to score points. I don't think they're going to be able to, to – I don't think Kentucky's going to be able to get enough pressure that McSorley can't make some plays down the field, and that's why I like Penn State in this ballgame. I like them laying the points. I, 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 I still I still think Kentucky's fool's gold. I think they won a bunch of games by being lucky. I think they're well-coached. I think their team's bought in. I think they're hard-nosed. But I think they got – I think they got some – some some really good. I mean, how in the world they won that Missouri game is beyond me. I, I mean, but at the end of the day, their defense is good, and we're going to see how good it is. That's where this game's going to be made or broken. Is how much havoc can that Kentucky defense cause that offense for Penn State? Yeah, let's go out west, Scotty. Let's go to the Fiesta Bowl, PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. UCF coming in here, getting seven and a half against LSU. Over unders fifty eight. Uh, 31 points a game for LSU, giving up just 29 and three straight up, six and six against the number. UCF on the flip side, scoring 44 points a game, giving up 21. They're 12 and 0 straight up, nine and three against the number. Last time UCF played in this Fiesta Bowl, I was there because they beat my Baylor Bears with Blake Bortles of all things that came into this. LSU's got Greedy Williams has already declared that he's going pro, big player in the defensive backfield. But UCF on the flip side, McKenzie Milton's out. And that kid is electric for their offense. I know they're going to have a month to get ready for this game. But I think with all the shit that UCF has talked and everybody else has said, don't you think Ed O is going to have these boys from the Bayou just dialed in, eating nails when they come into this spot? Yeah, Eddie O's teams usually are hyped up for these games. They don't usually usually not show up. Now, they hadn't really won, but they've also been playing some pretty good football teams, too. I mean, I was stunned they didn't beat Notre Dame last year, but that was a really good football game. Uh, I, I think UCF's got real problems stopping the run, and I think that's where LSU's going win to win this game. They're going to be able to run the football, and then play action is really going to kick in because they've got some really good wide receivers. Burrow just needs to be able to run the football for that play action to open up. And I think they're going to be able to do it. I mean, UCF is giving up 4.8 yards carry and 227 yards on the ground. Man, that ain't a recipe for success when you're playing a physical football team because I think LSU will be ready to play. Uh, I, I think that LSU defense is also going to give UCF some fits. I mean, they're a balanced offense, but remember a lot of these numbers are put up by McKenzie Milton. And I think 30 days to prepare for a starter that everybody else has only seen once, I think I think Eddie O is going to have time to dial in and figure out a way to slow these guys down. And I think LSU wins this football game, and I think they actually win it comfortably. Uh, on a side note, I am so sick of the UCF athletic director. You may not <laughs> like it, but, brother, it is the life. Florida just gave you a gift, offering you a two-for-one. Take it and go beat them if you think you're all that. You beat them in the swamp, and you put your program on the map. you really got a chance. And look, Mullen, I know they're not going to be playing next year, but Mullen's rebuilding. You don't know where that program's going to be at. If this rebuild doesn't go well, he's not going to be there. Right. You may be in another. You may be in the middle of another coaching search. Man, take this deal and run. Trying to act like Florida ought to come there one to one. Good luck, brother. <laughs> they are, and I know Scott Strickland. And there's no chance he's going to do this. 
they ought to fire Scott Strickland on the spot if he signs up for a one-and-one. That's stupid. They are the Florida Gators. They got no business going there for a home-and-home. I can't believe they offered him a two-for-one, candidly. No. Take it and run with it, brother. I cannot believe UCF turned that deal down and then came out publicly saying that it was a lopsided deal. No shit, it's a lopsided deal. You know what I mean? You, you welcome, mean to, welcome to life. Try yeah. to run your athletic budget without all of us. Golly. I mean, get serious. Now, and you know what they're going to do? They're going to turn around off of that South Florida and they're going to jump on it. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they're. But, I mean, you can't turn that deal down. I mean, it, an no. in-state rival game like that. I mean, it, look at it like this. You go to Mississippi. Ole Miss and Mississippi State, and I know Southern Miss sucks right now. But, but they when, never schedule Southern State's in the middle of a deal right now that was saying that Scott Strickland signed a two for one deal, and people were ready to hang him, <laughs> me included. Yeah, you, you got no business playing those guys. You got nothing to win from. It. You got nothing. You got everything to lose and nothing to win. Yeah, I agree. I was I was blown away that UCF turned that deal down and then bitched about it. Moving on, Scotty, let's go to the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all. One of my favorite games to watch because the sun sets during the game. It is so fantastic. Washington and Ohio State, over-unders 58. Ohio State's giving up seven points a game. Washington scored 26 points a game, giving up 15. It's 10-3 and three straight up, 4-9 and nine against the numbers, Washington. Ohio State scoring 43 points. Excuse me, 43 points a game, giving up 25. They're 12-1 straight up, 6-6 six and six against the number. Chris Peterson, over the years that we've been doing, we've been doing this eight or nine seasons now. I can't remember, but I think it's eight because we've been doing this almost as long as podcasting has been around, believe it or not. But he's always gotten his teams ready to play in those one-game spots, be it the opening game of the season, be it a bowl game, be it a conference championship. It seems like that. But this offense is awful. I mean, if you didn't watch the Utah, if the Pac-12 championship game where the only touchdown was a pick six that bounced off of the Utah, the Utah uh, wide receiver's feet as he was falling over, I don't, I don't, I, and I think with Ohio State with Urban going out, they've already got Day as the quarter as the uh, as the coach in that spot, and I think Day's going to call the plays in this game, which their offense was really good when he was pl- running at the beginning of the season. I think Ohio State to steal it from you is going to beat the brakes off of Washington. Yeah, I do too. I, look, I think Ohio State's really talented, and I, I think when they show up, they can play. And, uh, you know, I also think that they look like an undisciplined football team a lot of times. And I think it kind of went off the tracks on those guys. But I think this this, this team's going to be ready to play. I think they're going to come out. I think they're going to play hard. I think they're really, really talented on the offensive side of the football. And I think, I think they're just physically going to – they're just so much more talented than Washington. What You could see it when Washington played Auburn early in the year that we had talked about, oh, how great their defensive line is, and and they weren't able to hold up. Well, Ohio State is as talented as any team in the country. And I just think there's a talent difference. I think they've got a really, really good quarterback. And I think that's where the difference, and I think that's where the difference in this ball game is going to be. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, moving on, Scotty, let's go to the Sugar Bowl. Texas and Georgia, both these teams are runners up in their respective conferences. Over unders fifty nine. Georgia's laying thirteen in this game. Uh, Texas scoring thirty one points a game, giving up twenty six. They're nine and four straight up, five and eight against the number. Georgia scoring thirty nine points a game, giving up eighteen. They're eleven and two straight up, eight four against the number. I am all over Vodka Tom in this spot as an underdog. He's been fantastic as an underdog at Houston, at Texas, and even at Ohio State the handful of times he was there. You're getting nearly two touchdowns. This game started at 11. It's moved all the way up to 13. I think Texas is a live dog in this spot. I'm not saying they can win, but I think you're going to get one hell of an effort. Texas has been a dumpster fire for a decade. I mean, Texas hasn't been relevant since they played in the Rose Bowl when Colt McCoy got hurt against Alabama that year. They have not been good since That's then. Right. This is a huge game for these guys. Huge game. Georgia, on the flip side of that, they're great. They are athletic. They are awesome. And I think they're my bet for next year to win the Natty. But they just got their nuts ripped off in that game against uh, Alabama in the SEC championship game. And if they win that game, they're in the tournament. Texas beats Oklahoma. They're not in the tournament. 
And so tech, this is a huge spot for Texas. I think Georgia had to probably refocus after losing to Alabama. I know the Sugar Bowl is the SEC Bowl, and it's a big deal. But I think Texas is going to come in here just throwing haymakers at this game. Plus, you got Vodka Tom and what he's done as an underdog. I like the Horns, plus 13. I think what you said is right. I think they are a live dog. I'm not going to go so far as to say they're going to win it. I'm not ready to go out there, but I think it's going to be a good football team. I think they're built kind of like Georgia in that they they Texas is more physical. They they don't have the athletes to keep up in that spread. But I don't think Vicatom's building the team necessarily to be wide open like the Big Twelve. No, he's trying to build more of a. SEC slash Ohio State style football team. That's what I think he's trying to do. And I think they're going to play well in this ball game. Uh, I think 13 is a big number. Uh, I think they can easily stay within this number. And I think if Georgia doesn't play well, Texas can win this ball game. Yeah, I, I'll be shocked if Georgia covers this number. I mean, blown away. Um you know, the Fields kids already transferred. Not that that would have played anything in this. The in this SEC team. in these games, Mark, has been awful. Oh. The team that just misses the playoff, Auburn last year. I mean, it's Alabama. Against Oklahoma. Who yeah. they playing? Oklahoma. The last time they didn't make the playoff. And they got boat race. Didn't even get off. They, they look like they didn't care to be there. That is entirely possible right here. Because this is a young football team. It's one of the youngest teams in the country, and people don't get it. My pick to win the natty next year is these guys. Yeah, I agree. But I think Georgia's going to be legit. But they're young, and, man, they just got their guts ripped out. I think it's like you said. They may not even get off the bus. Yeah, it's hard to think that. But if you go back and look at the Sugar Bowl, man, SEC teams that have been there, you're right, have not played well in this spot. So I'm riding with the horns, man. I can't believe it. I'm taking the horns and the Aggies. Um, but, again, my loyalty is not to any one college as much as it is my bankroll in this spot. Scotty, it has been fun this season. We've had done some good things, man. We've made some money. I think we're going to roll this through bowl season, and we'll do one more podcast to get ready for the national championship, recap a couple of things. You can always hit us up on Twitter, at the Crazy Sheet. You can hit him up at Scott Denson one and I'm at NetMark. Let's keep this thing rolling, make a few more bucks before the season's over so we can get ready for springtime. With that being said, enjoy your Christmas, and we are out. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.